Hello, my name's Jo Rycroft and I'm from Voom Nutrition. Welcome to my presentation, Eat Well, Race Well. We're going to focus on the three key areas of race day nutrition, that being pre-race, during race and post-race. We'll also be looking at basic hydration strategies that you as endurance athletes can apply to your everyday training regimes and also race day. As endurance athletes, we have two main sources of fuel, that being carbohydrate, so that's your glycogen stored in your muscles and glucose in your bloodstream, and then your fat stores. So we've got a huge capacity to store energy as fat, and if we were to use all of our fat stores, that's the equivalent to approximately 100 hours at marathon pace. But it's also true that fats burn in a carbohydrate flame and carbohydrates are the preferred fuel for the body to use during such exercise. So it's key that we're both making sure that our bodies have sufficient storage of these fuels for when we do perform exercise. But then if we're exercising for over 90 minutes, that we have a continuous source of fuel coming in because the muscles can only store up to 60 to 90 minutes of glycogen. So if we're going to be out running or cycling for over two to three hours, we have to start topping up the stores as we go. If not, we run the risk of hitting the dreaded wall. There's a variety of different foods that you can use to maximise your glycogen stores in your muscle. And we're going to look at some examples of those later on. But next, we're going to have a look at what kind of foods we might eat pre-race in order to fulfill the three key aims that being maximizing those carbohydrate stores ensuring that we're adequately hydrated and also that we're minimizing any risk of stomach discomfort so making sure we're eating foods that we're familiar with and that we know our body responds well to so it's race day and you're looking at what you're going to eat for your pre-race meal. Now the aim of this meal, it's our last real opportunity to top up those carbohydrate stores before we start. So we're wanting to look at something that's really di easily digested. Um, and this is where you might pick things like white rice, porridge oats, even white bread. This is because whole grains can be much higher in fibre and take longer to pass through your system. So we just want to keep it as easy and as comfortable in the body as possible um, and maximise the amount of glycogen and glucose getting into the body. So such meals might look like porridge with milk, banana and honey, um, rice with vegetables and chicken if it's more of a lunchtime or an evening, or even something as simple as toast and jam and maybe a sliced banana on top. An area that's often neglected by athletes of all abilities is fluid intake and hydration in this period of kind of three to four hours pre-race. That's because many of us will be traveling to races in the car or we might be getting um, lots of kit together and stuff sorted like that. And it's easy to forget to keep sipping away at a water bottle. So I suggest that you have a plan and make sure you can make up such drinks the night before if it's an early start. Um, or that you've written down what you aim to take on in that period before you start. 
So the aim is to take approximately 500 millilitres on um, alongside your pre-race meal, but try not to take it all in one go. Little sips often is the best way forward because it allows your body to take it in and maximise the absorption of the fluid. Ideally, that will be paired with electrolytes and a little bit of glucose to speed up gastric emptying and get that fluid into your system as quick as possible. But we're going to look at that a little bit more later on. So have that bottle in the car with you. Have it next to the gear stick or if you're a passenger, have it on your lap and just take little sips as often as you can. 60 minutes before your race or the start of your training run, this is your last minute to top up those energy stores. We don't want to be taking on a huge volume of food at this point because you don't have the time for your body to digest it and get it into your system. Things like that will start to cause stitches, uh, stomach cramps and other forms of discomfort. So we're looking for a high carbohydrate snack um, and a little bit more fluid. Approximately 200 calories or 50 grams of carbohydrate and we're looking at things that are high in simple sugars, so stuff that's going to just get straight into your bloodstream and make sure that you're raring to go on the start line. This is also a time to consider useful supplements like caffeine and beta-alanine. When used in the right way, caffeine can be a brilliant secret weapon and useful tool to aid both physical and mental performance. There's great research out there that shows that caffeine can actually reduce the rate of perceived exertion. So that essentially means that exercise starts to feel easier even when you're working equally as hard. It's important to remember that individuals respond very differently to caffeine, so make sure you try it out in training. If you know you're quite caffeine sensitive, use these supplements with caution and start by taking a little bit and build from there. The Voom Pocket Rocket Caffeine Kick has 170 milligrams of caffeine paired with 100 milligrams of taurine. Each bar is broken up into four chunks, which means that you can start by taking one chunk before exercise or during exercise when you need that extra boost and then build from that point forward. So you can adapt your intake depending on how your body responds to a combination of simple sugars and caffeine together. Research guidelines suggest that four milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight is optimal for, for, for performance based on a 70 kilogram runner. But as I've said, it's so personal that it's the best way to try it is to start by taking a little bit and build up until you find that perfect balance for yourself. Our next secret weapon is beta-alanine. Now, beta-alanine is an amino acid which increases levels of muscle carnosine. And muscle carnosine is essentially what helps buffer lactic acid. So beta-alanine is added to sports nutrition products and taken as a supplement in order to help delay fatigue and help maximise performance by helping you push harder for longer. So now we're moving on to mid-race uh, or whilst you're out running whether that be training or racing and our aims are very similar to as they are before the race. We still want to maximise those carbohydrate stores and prevent a depletion in muscle glycogen. 
as your muscle glycogen starts to de deplete and your blood glucose, you're essentially losing energy. And therefore, if you don't top this up at the right time, you won't be able to exercise at the same intensity and you might end up hitting the wall. So we want to keep sufficient fluid and carbohydrate coming into the body at the right time during the different stages of the event. As I mentioned at the beginning, any event that's longer than approximately 60 minutes requires a constant top up of your energy supply. But when you take this energy in and how much you take in at a time is key to maximising your performance. Exactly how much you will need whilst you're out running will ultimately depend on how long you're going to be out there in total and the t intensity that you're going to be running at. So what we might require for a three to four hour run will be quite different to what you require for a nine to ten hour ultra, for example. But what we've got to remember throughout is that the body can only absorb and use between 30 and 90 grams of carbohydrate an hour. Now that's quite a broad range, but as individuals, we're all different shapes and sizes. We're all going to use energy at slightly different rates. We want to make sure that we're focusing on taking high GI foods. And this is because we want to get energy quickly into the system. So these are really easily digestible carbohydrates. For example, high glucose foods, which might look like a Voom Pocket Rocket, um, sweets, energy gels, or high carbohydrate drinks, for example. We want to make sure we're aiming to fuel every 15 to 45 minutes to maintain that constant energy supply. It's really easy whilst you're out running, especially during much longer events, to forget to eat. So a useful tip is to set an alarm on your watch to sound every 15 to 30 minutes and that just can encourage you to take a bite of some food or take on fluid. The Voom Pocket Rockets were designed exactly for this purpose. So we've broken them down into four easily digestible chunks and you can take one bite, put the rest of the bar back in your bag or your race vest or your pocket and then again take it out in another 15 minutes time and you've not got any stickiness because they're solid and they melt really easily in the mouth so it requires no effort to eat and get that energy in. One bar will deliver 60 grams of carbohydrate so you're fulfilling that hourly requirement. So when we're looking at different types of races and different lengths of races, as I've just mentioned, our body's requirement for fuel, energy and hydration intake will really change. So if we look at an event of 60 minutes or less, really our body should have enough energy supply to perform for 60 minutes without needing a top up. For some people, especially if it's really hot weather or you're in a really hot and humid climate, you might want to take some fluid on, um, whether that be in the form of water or an electrolyte hydration drink. But you shouldn't really need any energy in the form of glucose, for example. Moving up to one to three hours, this is when our body's gonna start to require some additional energy intake. So this might be in the form of, like I've said before, a Voom Pocket Rocket, um, or if you prefer something more natural, a tablespoon of honey will deliver 17 grams of carbohydrate. 
So three tablespoons of honey will be nearing your hour's requirement of glucose. We know that rapid energy delivery in the form of simple sugars and glucose will create a spike in the blood sugar. So by breaking this intake into 15 minute chunks, it can help keep create stable blood sugars and therefore minimise those peaks and troughs in your energy levels. You want to keep you nice and steady so your body can just keep ticking along at that required intensity. As you move up to three hours plus, you're still going to be wanting to take around that 60 grams of carbohydrate an hour in, but you might look to taking on more real food, especially early on in the race. So things like energy bars, flapjacks, bananas, some people like peanut butter sandwiches, for example. Um, fell runners have even been known to take pork pies out on the long fell races. But what we're doing here is we're also supplying the body with some more complex carbohydrates from the oats and then also keeping those simple sugars topped up as well. So if you think about a graph with your blood sugar levels um, and digestion, the complex carbohydrates are going to take longer to digest but deliver energy at that next later stage in the race, whereas the simple sugars that you're going to get from your rockets and sweets and that, for example, will keep those immediate energy stores. So you want those two energy delivery systems working in parallel for as long as possible. Athletes that are running ultra marathons um, that might be out for kind of 9 to 12 to 24, 48 hours even, might choose to take on some protein at some point throughout the race to kind of recover on the go. This is really more important for stage racing where you know you're going to be getting up and racing day after day after day. So this might be in the form of um, some kind of protein bar, for example, the Voom um, Recover Fudge has a three to one carbohydrate to protein ratio. Um, so little bites of that along the go will kind of keep um, some protein coming into the system that can help with um, the recovery and repair of muscles on the go. Or you might look to have um, a protein recovery shake. Um, again, just small quantities um, at a time so your body can digest that whilst it's on the move. Next, we're going to have a look at race hydration in a little bit more detail. So we know that hydration is highly variable depending on the individual and the athlete. We've got to consider things like the weather, the humidity, individual sweat rates and the duration and intensity of the exercise that you're performing. We can lose up to one and a half litres of fluid per hour when we're exercising. And if we think that a 2% drop in hydration can lead to both physical and cognitive impairments, then this is an area that we need to monitor closely, but is also a really great opportunity for us to have control over an area that we can really help maximise our performance with. An easy way to monitor uh, your hydration levels or how dehydrated that you become when you're exercising is to weigh yourself 
before and after long training runs and also look at things like urine colour um, and monitor thirst. Sweating also causes electrolyte loss um, and the key electrolytes that you want to be uh, looking at including in supplements and in your diet are sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium and chloride. These are essential for water retention, fluid balance and efficient nerve and muscle function. So play an incredibly important role in making sure that we are maximising the function of our body during exercise. Research also shows that magnesium can have interesting effect on the prevention and relief of cramp. Although this isn't necessarily entirely proven, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence to suggest that it can really help, um, which I know a lot of runners um, suffer with, especially when they're out for long periods of time and in hot weather. The Voom Hydrate Smart Formula contains electrolytes, as we just mentioned there, but we've balanced the formula to make sure that, that reflects the ratio that you lose them in sweat. Um, overall, it contains 460 milligrams of balanced electrolytes per serving. Um, and we believe that these will not only help speed up the transmission of water out of the stomach into the bloodstream and to your working muscles, but also will help ensure that cramp um, and also cognitive performance um, are helped too. We recommend that for races of over an hour in length that you take on between 400 and 800 millilitres per hour. Um, I know myself, I carry two soft flasks in my race vest when I'm doing longer runs um, and just marking um, measurements on these can help monitor that intake uh, and also planning where you might be able to top up water, whether that be in a stream at a feed station or having help out on the course. Again, try and practice this in your training and keep to a similar strategy once you're in race mode. You don't want to shock your body into taking on any more or any less than what it's used to. Rapid and effective hydration really depends on the active co-transport of glucose and sodium molecules through the small intestine. And this is where it sparks a little bit of debate in the nutrition world because some people believe that having calorie-free sports drinks might help them because of the if they're focusing on things like weight loss um, or weight management. But the amount of glucose in a rehydration is so important to ensuring that though that water is transported out of the stomach as quickly as possible and therefore able to be used in the body. This is where it becomes important to know your tonics and that's not the type of tonic that you have with your gin. Hypotonic drinks essentially have a lower concentration of salt and sugar than blood. This means fluid intake is driven and water is transported out of the stomach and small intestines more quickly. Hypotonic drinks can hydrate individuals up to 40% faster than isotonic drinks and isotonic drinks have the same concentration of salt and sugar as blood. So 
water and food is still absorbed quickly into the bloodstream, just not as quickly as a hypotonic drink. And finally, hypertonic drinks have a higher concentration of salt and sugar than blood. So there's movement of water out of cells, and this can cause water to flood to the, into the stomach um, and actually cause gastric upset. So an example of a hypertonic drink would be a high energy drink. Uh, this isn't to say that they're not useful because there's definitely a time and a place where they can be incredibly useful. But it's just making sure that you're aware of what you're taking in and making sure that that's fulfilling the purpose that you need it to. So if hydration is your number one factor and you're taking in uh, glucose and other food along the go, then a hypotonic drink is going to hydrate you much quicker uh, than any of the other two. Whereas if your energy intake was your number one factor, then a hypertonic drink might be a very good option for that. But it's making sure that you're taking it in in small enough quantities not to cause any stomach upset. <clears throat> this is also the reason why energy gels can cause stomach upset in some athletes. When we take in a large quantity of concentrated uh, energy or glucose um, and that all lands in the stomach in a short space of time, the body's natural instinct is to try and dilute some of that concentrated um, sugar. And so in order to dilute it, it needs water to come into the stomach. And that's why some of us um, have had bad experiences and get that sloshing feeling and either um, have consequences as a result of that, um, for example, uh, vomiting or stomach cramps. So an important area to think about and making sure that your nutrition and hydration strategy um, are thinking about all these little nuances and this can really benefit uh, your performance both in training and racing and making sure that you're getting the most out of yourself on those given days. So moving on to immediately post-race, our aim at this time is to replenish glycogen stores, replace fluids and electrolytes lost through sweat and promote protein synthesis to repair any damaged muscle tissue. So we know that any type of exercise creates micro tears in muscle um, and so by taking on uh, a recovery product ideally with a carbohydrate pr to protein ratio of three to one we can really help ensure that the body repairs itself refuels and is ready to go again uh, the next day so when you think about days and weeks where you have back-to-back -back training sessions some days you might train more than once this 10 to 30 minute window once you stopped exercising is really key to maximizing recovery and making sure that your body um, is ready to go as soon as possible. It's important to have a balance of carbohydrate um, with the protein because research shows that glycogen um, and carbohydrate helps drive the uptake of amino acids um, by the body. So in order to really fully utilise that protein that you're taking in for recovery and repair, uh, it's got to be paired with some form of carbohydrate. Again, if we look at the products that we've developed at Veeam, we've got the Recover Fudge, um, which delivers that carbohydrate and protein in the optimum ratio. Uh, but also we're about to launch a rapid recovery um, 
shape, which will also um, deliver uh, optimal amounts of carbohydrate and protein to help speed up that recovery process as soon as you've finished exercise. A lot of people don't necessarily feel very hungry when they finish, especially when they've been working really hard or been out running for a long period of time. But if you can get your body adapted into taking something really easy into the system as soon as you cross that finish line, it really will pay dividends later on. So once you've taken some nutrient intake in in this 10 to 30 minute window, you're then going to be thinking about your next proper meal. Um, and it's important to make sure that you're fueling again within two to three hours of finishing um, that race or long training run. Um, and this is where you want a really balanced meal uh, to help take in another good serving of protein, carbohydrate, um, also your fats, your vitamins and minerals from your fruit and veg, etc. Uh, an important consideration is if you do a lot of training in the evenings, where you might be training, having a snack and then going to sleep. Um, obviously, sleeping is the time where your body does most of its recovery. So if you're going to bed in an energy depleted state, this can really hamper um, your body's ability to recover and might you know, negatively affect your training the following day. Uh, so if you do train in the evenings, just make sure that you're having um, some form of food as soon as you finish that training session. And if you can, then have um, a balanced snack before you go to bed. This might be, um, you know, like a small bowl of porridge um, or a specific nighttime recovery drink. Um, then this can really help uh, maximise um, the ability to get up and go the following morning um, and crack on with your next day's training. So that brings me to the end of this presentation. I hope you found some of the information useful and are able to put it into practice. If you have any questions, please feel free to email info at voomnutrition.co.uk um, and I'll happily do my best to answer those. Also, keep an eye out for any upcoming blogs on the Voom Nutrition website um, where we'll be posting more training tips moving forward. Thank you.